This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, it's enemies. I'm Lisa Traeger. Today is jam-packed awesome. I'm so excited. Um, we have Dan Pelosi, Grossy Pelosi, not related to Nancy. Um, so he's incredible. He is a chef, cook, at-home chef, Italian, viral sensation, superstar, Instagram. Um, also cool was like an art director in his past life and just I'm obsessed with him I want to be his friend I want to be invited to his dinner parties I loved our chat I had so much fun I really left being like can this man be my friend um and we had really good discussion so you're gonna love it I am hungover holding on by a thread New York is pounding every ounce of health I have inside of me I'm drinking till three I'm podcasting at 11 JK one um I'm, I'm exaggerating um today is my birthday so that is huge as well um so you know i'll just be repeating this heinous pattern again i will see how my birthday is today i'm excited usually i have like a plan i'm very specific there's a reservation or a party or a rental like i figure it out i'm gonna do a show tonight but then i'm, I'm gonna just I, i'm scared i'm gonna be a loser that i'm not gonna actually have plans like late at night and then i'm just gonna be like a dork but then i also don't want to i want the universe to just happen to me and maybe it's cool to not make extra plans but i don't want to be um christine taylor in the jerry seinfeld seinfeld episode so I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I'm like panicking and wanting to start texting people being like, oh, by the way, I'll be around here. Maybe I'll do that. So um, it's a panic going into 35. So that's cool. Um, and next week's episode, I think will be like, I'll be talking about my birthday upcoming so that might be a wild thing for you um Kara my friend Kara Clank and I from my other podcast we love to call it the time machine being in the time machine but today is the birthday um I'm looking at my Dunkin Donuts delivery I've been ordering Dunkin Donuts to my friend's house almost every day that I've been here which is fucked because it is with delivery like $20 each time so it's like is this what you want to spend your money on in New York? Hundreds of dollars in Dunkin' Donuts deliveries, but it's just so fast, the egg and cheese. I just can't get enough. Um, but anywho, how did I, I digress? I guess that's the word. But um, this week, I opened the door to pick up my Dunkin' Donuts. They usually leave it right on the ground. Um, some creative guys will hang it on the doorknob. Um, but the man was still out there taking a photo. I was in my one underwear, tits out, so cool postmates you know I, I, I honestly sometimes i'll record stuff without pants I, then the, people see it i i have a problem if i was um in corporate america i would be in court is what i have to say um with the disrespect i show people with my nudity um so that's not a cool thing to admit of course but yeah i'm enjoying seeing people i'm enjoying being at the comedy cellar i love doing spots my caroline's weekend was fantastic anyone i met there thank you like i had so much fun and i'm on the road you guys so like check out my link tree hopefully it's updated or my i mean my website i know isn't updated i'm like bad at this but i'm gonna be in dc chicago alabama 
and others. So please check out. Um, some friends have told me I don't promote enough, but I, it's just not my strong suit. But come see me, because comedy, stand-up, talking, that is a strong suit of mine. Um, what I'm hoping for for my birthday. Well, hopefully I'll get my nails done and, get my, and drop off my laundry today so I could fucking start nicely ridiculous um also at a show i did see a thruple that was really exciting i'm not saying anything else about it that's how i feel <laughs> but <laughs> anywho i love new york i love running around i love having my sex in the city moments of like meeting one friend for a bagel then meeting others for a drink then running on off to a show and some late night caps with someone else like you know the world is your oyster like I've also been kind of lazy in terms of like plans or texting or anything and I've run into people I've seen people I mean shows also help I'm not trying to brag that I'm just like um whatever so Dan Pelosi I'm so excited um I'm thrilled that I got to meet him and what I'm loving right now is people um that are that are coming on the pod that I don't really know think that I'm going to start a beef with them <laughs> or like they're like why is this enemy like what are we talking about and so I'm like loving that energy I think Dan was like wait what and um but also you'll see he was also like I'm pumped that I didn't just talk about recipes like I only just usually talk about recipes so it was nice we had some fire island chats friend chats boyfriend chats like it's gonna be fun honestly this podcast is really good like I don't know what else to tell you it is good um so enjoy that's that well i see a peloton there she is there's my girl do you love her i do i do we've had an on, on and off relationship but when i when it's on it's good and when it's off it's because i need it to be and that's okay um what are your favorite themed rides um uh, for way too long I was into the Hamilton ride but that's like early Peloton like when I got it like in 2018 or something um you know what I really well I love all the like my favorite rides are definitely like the gay pop stuff like Cody Rigsby because I don't listen to music any other really intentionally any other part of the day I love podcasts I love silence so, like, I get my kind of, like, what the kids are listening to fix from Peloton. I have a friend who also doesn't, she doesn't like people. Like, she doesn't want a man talking. And uh -huh. so she does the Peloton rides where it's, like, nature. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, she's going yeah. through nature. The scene, the scene, I was going to say the scenic rides are huge. Um, you can ride anywhere you want. Um, I actually have a really funny, I have this, like, this, like, skit in my head that I'm going to do on my Peloton where, like, I... Like, I'm at the farmer's market doing my, like, market haul. And then I, like, bought a basket, like, a bike basket for the front of my Peloton. So I'm, like, putting it on there. And then I, like, put my, my like, farmer's market haul in my bike basket. And then I just, like, ride my Peloton through, like, wilderness. And that's, like, the only way I can Peloton is if I'm, like, doing a post-farmer's market, like, brimmed hat, like, old lady market gal bike ride. That's kind of, like, my full fantasy. Wait, do you go to farmer's markets a lot? Yeah, I've never. That. I don't ever go because, and I live in LA, and they're everywhere. My therapist says I should go, and I should meet oh someone God. there. Yes, you should totally go. You should meet me there. I'm there every time I go to LA. There's the Hollywood Farmers Market. There's the one downtown. I mean, they're so good. Um, you have to go, and I can give you some spots that I love to go to. Yeah. Oh yeah, duh. Of course, you're a farmers market person. You're cooking. Yeah. Duh. I'm cooking. You need the fresh. I'm, uh, 
Yeah, I'm your cooking guest. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, interesting because yeah. I guess when I think of like enemies and like confrontation, I think of like aggressive people in the kitchen and like chef culture cocaine tattoos. And oh, no. I'm wondering if you've avoided a lot of like, like toxic chef traits because you're not in like a restaurant kitchen. Oh, 100%. The only toxic traits I have are like, if I invite you over to dinner, like I won't let you bring any food <laughs> because I like to cook everything and I just like to let my guests relax. And then I have a few friends who will be like, can you help me cook? And I had to learn like some people, I'm like, no, it's okay. Just like hang out at the counter while I cook. And then I have a few friends that are like, okay, do this. Like I give them tasks because I know they know how to do it. But, like, I don't want to bring people into my kitchen and, like, while I'm entertaining, have to, like, show them how to, like, you know, slice a zucchini. Because I don't think that's, like, fun for anyone. You know what I mean? For them or for me. Um, so I don't know if that's toxic or not. But, like, I think I just kind of know my boundaries in the kitchen in terms of entertaining and know what makes, like, a good experience for everyone. Do people bring that's, dessert? Like, such a boring act. Um, answer. That's um, not boring so, at all. Uh, would you allow dessert in your home or are yeah, people bringing yeah, booze and flowers? So people are bringing, I always say wine or weed. Um, so it's like flowers is also lovely, but like bring me some weed, number one. I don't drink, but I tell people like I don't, I have like a really shitty bar set up. So like you can risk it or just bring some wine or whatever. Um, flowers is also great too. And I love, like I usually do like a lot of my dinner parties like red sauce based. So I'm like, okay, so like I'm making a huge like red sauce Italian Sunday dinner go find your local Italian bakery and just like load up and bring it for dessert. You know, like if I don't want to bake or whatever. So, so yeah, dessert for sure. Well, in New York, do you like Circo's pastries? Yes, absolutely. That's what I'm obsessed with. I found the, um, I found them in my last two visits. I don't know. I come to New York a lot, but I was obsessed and I brought them to every single person's house. Yeah, absolutely. Circo's is great. Um, uh, what's the, Fortuna's is up the street, kind of up the street for me. There's some great spots. Okay, so the dinner party, people yeah. are coming. How often are you hosting? As much as possible. Um, I feel like before the pandemic, I mean, like I built, like I designed on like a, you know, and had this like 10 foot dining table built that I could fit like 14 people comfortably at. So I was doing like huge dinner parties. The pandemic, like, kind of like in one way like kicked me out of my dinner party groove but also like put me into like a whole groove where like now I'm like someone who you want to talk to on a podcast because you like know who I am but I was doing a lot of outdoor entertaining so I have my like front stoop which is like a much smaller table and that's like my summer spring summer through fall like dinner party scene um so I try and do dinner like two nights a week where I have friends come over um but I feel like I haven't done like a big 10 person dinner I have like six people coming over tonight pretty frequently wow and were you doing dinner parties before you kind of blew up over the pandemic and stuff like while you, ha oh, you were yeah. working in design you were also your dinner parties always always like especially like Sunday nights like I would spend the whole weekend like Saturday morning farmer's market cooking through the weekend crescendoing to like Sunday where we're having guests over or sometimes Saturday night, but like my weekends were spent in the kitchen because that's how I grew up. Like I wasn't out doing stuff. We were like cooking, having Sunday dinner, having, you know, like making all this food. And that's kind of where this like started because on the weekends, during the week I would like 
wake up, go to the gym, go to my office job in the city, then go like probably out to dinner or come home and eat like leftovers. On the weekends, I would share like everything I was making on Instagram, but to like, you know, 4,000 people, which was like awesome. I was having fun. And then when the pandemic hit, I was started sharing every single day because I was literally cooking every day. And that's when people were like, oh shit, you know how to cook and you're stuck at home. So I need to figure out what you're doing, which was great. And did you do you feel more pressure now with what you post or how you cook because of the following? I don't because like I am the first person to admit when I like like fuck something up or like don't you know what I mean? Like I'm like this is how we learn. So like if someone's like oh you like one time I got really high and like cooked salmon upside down because I was like stoned and cooking on my Instagram and people I got like so many jokes like you have to cook it skin down and I'm like yeah okay like I know like whatever <laughs> like chill out like I if you're coming to me for like really intense like we chef education like you're in the wrong place like I'm cooking at home and like what better place to fuck up than like in your own kitchen you know so I don't feel pressure I have a lot of fun and it's definitely like an adrenaline rush when people really love what I'm making but not everything can be like hit after hit after hit, you know? And how many times are you testing a recipe before you serve it to guests or put it online? Well, my guests are getting the tests. So like cool. okay. guests are like in testing for sure when it's something new. Before it goes online, it can be like anywhere from like two to 10 times. Um, it just depends. Like some of my stuff is pretty simple and some are... A lot of stuff I was putting out originally, like like when the pandemic started, I was putting out like three new three recipes a week, which was like psycho. Even though there's some people now who put out a recipe a day, and I'm like, do you do anything else? Um, just not. It's it's wild, but um, it just depends on what the recipe is. Like if it's baking, I have to test it a lot because I'm like not a baker. I'm not like a a baking recipe developer. Like sit like savory stuff is much easier. Like cooking is more easier to recipe test for me. And develop absolutely now dinner party invites do you have yeah. enemies in your friend group like you you know that's a big part of it people getting along where they're it sitting is. what's happening i know anna winter for the met gala i read like couples don't sit next to each other she separates couples so people are chatting what is your process so i this goes back i lived in san francisco in my 20s and one of my very best friends that i lived there was this drag queen whose name was Juanita Moore, who's like one of the most famous drag queens in San Francisco. She's amazing. And she would have dinner parties regularly at her house. And this was really the first time I learned about entertaining outside of the family that I grew up with when I was a kid. And Juanita would always invite people who intentionally didn't know each other to the table. So like, there might be a couple people who were like connected, but I would always go and meet like five new people every time I went to her table, which was like so beautiful and such a great way to like meet people. Um, and also have really interesting conversation because you're not just like talking to your friends about like, you know, Susie and her like dog who won't stop barking or whatever. Um, so there was more higher potential for like adversity and enemy creation but also it was just so much more fun. Um, I would say where it gets difficult is like on trips or on vacations, because like if I go to, when I go to Fire Island, it's like, this is our house, like doors are sealed because there's like so much potential for like, oh, I fucked that person. Or like, I used to date that person or that's my ex who's like walking on the boardwalk. And then people in the house love to like come home and bring a guest. And you're like, no, not that person. Like they don't get along with it. You know, it just gets like too 
it's like a gay beehive, you know, and I really try and be a queen bee. And you always are cooking. Like, no one else is trying to take yeah. your thunder in the Fire Island house. <sighs> oh, no. So the Fire Island house, I intentionally invite, invite like, <laughs> I invent. I invented Fire Island. Um, I invite all my girls that cook. Like, when I had my 40th birthday this summer, I went to the house. I invited, like, Eddie from Eddie's Grocer. I invited, like, Andy Baragani. I invited my friend Casey, who's written, like, a bunch of cookbooks. I invited my, my best friend Taylor, who's, like, an incredible cook. So, like, that's really fun is like when there's amazing cooks because then it's like we all get to like cook together and we all flow really well together it's harder when someone who doesn't have like confidence in the kitchen tries to like enter the space like we're all very friendly and lovely but that's where it can be kind of like it just doesn't like flow as easily i'm trying to say that in the most welcoming way possible because like we do love to like bring people in. Well, I never help. I just know what where I am and I'll chat and I'll pay for stuff. Yeah. And I'll yeah. bring things, but like I don't and, yeah. I never like help. my friend Tom is like jokes. He like walks around joking that he like made his famous like glass of water and he'll like bring it to you and then he'll go and like eat cheese and crackers and drink a glass of wine like safely on the other side of like the counter of the island. Like he knows where, where he belongs and that's like the best. And then him, he and one of our friends will do dishes. You know, it's like you have, everyone has like a really great place in the world. Wow. It just hit me what an asshole I am. I'm thinking of my last Palm Springs trip and did I help with the dishes? And I don't know if I did. If you can help the cooks with the dishes, you will be. No, I really don't. But the last time we went as a friend group, what bothered me, and I'd love your opinion on this. So we have one friend. I'm actually staying at his house right now. Um, what my best friend's boyfriend, and he's incredible. He like crab hush puppies from scratch, just like great Ooh. food, and he cooks. He just is passionate about it. Yeah, he'll make yeah, yeah. the Caesar dressing. Like he just does it all. Mm. And we all went to Palm Strings and he would have cooked all weekend. And we had one friend who was like, I'm just going to cook Saturday. I'm going to make a pesto pasta. It's easy. It's easy. It's just a blue. It's easy. And I was like, we don't want easy. We don't want it. We want great food. Yeah. And why are you trying yeah. to sell it on easy? We don't want yeah. this. And she we refused to let him just cook all weekend. She wanted control. She's a controlling person. I mean, I love her, whatever. But yeah, then our I, second I dinner was just like a pesto pasta, blue apron. Mm -hmm. When yeah. we have oh, this incredible no. chef. Wait. It was not an actual Blue Apron box. Oh, it was. Wait, what? She just ordered fuck? a few. That's like what she does. So to her, she was just like, <laughs> it's easy and whatever. She's very bossy. We let her do whatever. But we're sitting there with his homemade like Caesar dressing salad and he made the croutons from scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have this Blue Apron pesto pasta that she forced upon us when we have an incredible chef. I mean, I get it. I've totally been there. I think... You know, this person probably is coming from a place like so many of us are of like insecurity and needing to contribute to the dynamic of the trip. And a lot of people can't sit back and just let other people do what they're good at, knowing that perhaps they aren't as good as them because which is just really hard and it takes a lot of like life experience to get over that. Perhaps therapy even. That's what I've done. So I'm proud of you all for letting her do it because I think that that's like really important. And perhaps by the end of it, she may have felt differently about how much she really needed to do it. Hopefully not because you all were staring at her with like a side eye, but like, you know, it's like she's cooking from a blue apron box on like a beautiful vacation to Palm Springs. Yes, because it's e she just kept using the word easy and we're like, we don't need that. No, no, no. So like <laughs> when I go on vacation, like when I go on vacation and I rent a house, it is all about like, I mean, like, it's like, 
you know, food after we're like endless food is coming. I'm like in the pool, the oven's at 350 the entire trip. Like you don't even turn it off. It's just like back at, like, it's just, I'm going to the market like three times a day. It's the most fun. Wait, well, so I don't, I've never been to Fire Island. Did you watch the Fire Island movie? On Hulu? Yeah, I was there, yeah, yeah, and I was there when they were filming it last summer, and Bowen and Matt are amazing and hysterical. And, so yeah. I was obsessed, um, but, you know, and I've heard about the pantry, and Matt Rogers dressed up as, like, the pantry girl for Halloween. Yes, which is hysterical. The pantry uh, girl is such an archetype, yes. I know, I love it all, but, um, and that part in the movie where everything's really expensive, so do you grocery shop before you get on this boat to the shuttle to the thing? So, How do you get the groceries in so Fire Island? I've been, I've been the house mom on Fire Island for, like, eight years and early on I had I did a quarter share which means you get five months of summer you get what, the same house one month or uh, one week a month so I was out there for five weeks every summer and I had like spreadsheets I had who was coming where they were staying we would order from Peapod in like Sayville across the bay and then they would ship it over and then they would bring it to our house and we'd have to unpack and that's how we did it for like maybe the last for the first like five or six summers. But then eventually, because the pantry is really expensive, but eventually I got, I personally got to a place where I just was like, I can't do this. It's like a second job. And so when I dropped the responsibility, no one else picked it up to do the peapod, which is like, fine. That's a good, good lesson for me. And that's okay. So I was like, great, we're getting everything from the pantry. And no one said no to that. So I think, it, I mean, it's a little bit privileged to be like, I said no to Peapod and I'm just going to get everything from the pantry. But like I was able to afford to do it and it made my trip better and had someone else said like, okay, I'll take over the Peapod part of it. I would have been like, great. Like, here's what I want, you know? Um, so I buy everything from the pantry and I love the pantry and they have a total lock on prices because they're the only grocery store in the pines and like the liquor boys, store boys are next door and everyone is just like, they take the ferry over in the morning. My one gripe about Fire Island movie is that they didn't film in the actual pantry. They like made a fake pantry, which like really killed it for me because I only go to Fire Island, but I'm in Fire Island to find me like at the pantry or at my house and like the direct line in between. There's like no deviation. I don't even like the beach. Oh, really? Well, I also can't believe you brought up Peapod. They were really ahead of their time, and then they kind of flailed with all these other new services. But they totally Peapod were. was like oh, when gosh. I was a child, I feel. Yeah. Well, how old are you? I'm th I'll be 35 next week, but I okay. remember like junior high, like it was by my pediatrician's office. Like I remember the concept from? of Peapod. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, Skokie. Oh, cool. Skokie. Yeah. Well, I actually, I, I hate ordering groceries online. In fact, last night, I'm recipe testing this week, like all week long, I'm testing a bunch of recipes. So I was like, fine, I'll do like the grocery order. It'll arrive at 7 a.m. and I'll be good to go. I don't have to go to the grocery store. Last night, I went all the way to the end of the road. Apparently didn't press like place order. This morning, my alarm went off at 6.45. I'm like, wait, where? Usually I'm getting like all these texts. Guess who walked to the grocery store at 7.30 this morning because they forgot to place that. I'm like, why do I even try to do an online order? I should just do what I know how to do, which is shop the grocery store like a queen, which I did. And you just love it. Because to me, like, what you're describing yeah. is the most stressful. Like, I would yes. not be able to handle what you're doing. Literally, and someone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone DM me this morning. They're like, can I ask a question? Like, does the grocery shopping stress you out? Because it's, like, the most stressful thing in the world. And I was like, no, it's like, am I going to the spa? No, I'm going to the grocery store. Like, I, I grew up that way, though. Like, my grandfather 
my father, my like aunts, uncles, everyone. It was like, my grandfather would drive to four grocery stores in a single morning just to like save two cents on like whatever the fuck was on sale at one across town because he like loved, it's like a game. It's like this like satisfaction guaranteed. Like my grandfather, my dad would sit every Sunday morning with a loaf of Italian bread at my kitchen table and clip coupons for the week and like plan everything out. I don't do the coupon part, but I go to the grocery store like twice a day. Wow, yeah, we're snaps. I really You're so stressed out. That just really stressed out. Like, do you need a break? Do you need to take well, five? I like ideas <laughs> like, oh, we're getting hot dogs and Cheez-Its, Doritos, a dip. But yeah. the rest the recipe testing, the ingredient part of it oh, yeah. is um yeah. so you grew up in this family that loved it. And was there a lot of that's the one thing. My mom's an incredible cook. She's like so good, but she was too old school where she did it all. She she did it and me and my dad, we would have fun. And so I was mm -hmm. never in the kitchen with her. And I really wish I knew how to do stuff. Yeah. But she just did it. I get that it. a lot. We didn't yeah. even help with the dishes. I mean, that's where my bad behavior really? comes from. We all got up and it was like very. Oh, I was oh, like, it was like, so I was, my mom's like, you were, when you were a baby, you were like next to the KitchenAid and you're like little like seat on the counter. Then you went to a stepping tool. Then you were on the floor. Like I was like grandparents had their like Italian like basement kitchens. And I was down there like cooking with them. I just always like. I just always wanted to be in the kitchen and cooking and I was the chubbiest little kid in the world and it was so much fun. I was just like eating and making messes and yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of what led me to being really sort of like this person who during the pandemic, I guess thrived, which is a really weird thing to say because obviously the pandemic, like we acknowledge how horrible some parts of it were, or a lot of parts of it. But for me, it was like, oh, you want me to stay home and cook all day and not leave the house and only go to the grocery store? Down. So like, I guess what 100%. I'm curious about is, but you never wanted to do it professionally. It was always a passion and you went into design. And what was that decision? So <laughs> this comes out of a really unhealthy place, but like my, and I talk a lot about body and like sort of body issues and sort of that whole thing. But um, my, I wanted to go to culinary school. I went to visit a couple of culinary schools when I was like probably a sophomore in high school. And then my mom I remember like really distinctly we were at this one restaurant in my hometown and she was like, oh, like this, my friend's son went to culinary school and he gained like 50 pounds in like the first semester or something. And I remember being like, that would be me, like a like hundred percent. Like I just like, I remember being like, I'm gay. I need to have a perfect body, but I'm fat right now and I hate my body. And like, I want to go to college and I want to have sex. And if I go to culinary school, I'm going to be really fat. And that's like, well, and then I was just like, I can't do it. So I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to like explore my other passion, which is design. So I never went to culinary school because I was like afraid of being fat, which is like so fucked. And I just like, I talk so much about like my journey with that, but yeah, that's it. It is so wild. I say this all the time where it's like one offhand comment by a person who didn't even mean uh -huh. it can change yeah. your life and like uh -huh. build an insecurity inside of yourself and they don't yeah. even know. Well, I think I talk about that too. And I'm like, you know, cause like as a person on the internet who has like a somewhat sizable following, I get really fucking just out of the blue. Like my last name's Pelosi. So people will be like, you piece of shit, like Nancy Pelosi. Like, and I'm just like, that I'm like I don't care like say that all day long it doesn't bother me but like someone will be like you look skinny and I'll be like whoa like or like comic like a really casual or like you know like you look really like whatever or like 
And I'm like, like someone messaged me a while back and was like, if I ate everything you ate, I would be 300 pounds. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm 270 pounds. So like, what are you saying? Like 300 pounds is bad. I don't weigh almost 300 pounds. Like your casual fun comment. That's like an LOL actually just like inspired me into like all of my body issues, you know? Yeah. I actually, on my Instagram, I have hidden words. So if you use any, like I have a list of words that I I typed into the Instagram. And Uh if you, if someone comments with any of those words, it won't let you comment. Oh, I love that. Because I just, if you're like a woman on the internet, you will, people will be mean. And I just like, I love the internet. So like, you can't ruin my fun. And so I just had to like try to minimize as much negativity as I could. So I just like hid words and you can't like comment if you don't follow me and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do. Oh, I like. Okay, because I was thinking about kind of like enemies and the topic, even though I didn't really know what we were going to be talking about. But like I do a lot of like what I call like calling in comments on my social so, like, I will screenshot when someone says something that, like, triggers me or makes me feel a certain way. And I'll say, like, hey, guys, calling in this comment because I need you to hear this. And I'll show that comment and I'll say, like, you know, here's how this comment makes me feel and here's why I don't allow this kind of conversation on my story. And it's really, like, I don't consider that person a bad person the same way I don't consider my mom, my aunt, my grandma, my grandfather, my uncle all these people who've like casually commented on my body my whole life, like they're not bad people. This is a cultural thing that we have ingrained in us. But like, I get to now take that and be like, this makes me feel really bad. It may make other people feel really bad too. So just like think about it. And so it's like, I don't consider them the enemy, but I do think if you can like gently call in their comment, it allows other people to kind of rethink how they speak and it also gives me really good internet boundaries like people know if they've been following me for a while like they know what what to say to me and what not to say to me which i think is important because otherwise the internet's just like fucking free do whatever fuck you want shit all over me i'm here like let's you know ah take it well it's interesting because i a few years ago piled on on twitter on a comic who was like got canceled right and i wrote something shitty about it didn't think about it ever again and yesterday we had like a big talk and he wanted an apology and it was like we talked for like an hour and you and this comic yeah did you know who they were I met them once and they rubbed me the wrong way in a way where I was like left a green room and I was like, I don't like the way he's speaking to me and I fucking don't like him. And I'm like judgmental, whatever. And so then when the shit blew up with him and his career, I took the opportunity to write something shitty about it. Didn't think about it again. And multiple people have come to me throughout the years to be like, you know, he said you really did this and that. And I'm like, what? And so finally, I asked him to come on this podcast. It didn't really work out. And then we bumped into each other at a show yesterday. And we like sat and Uh talked for like an hour. And for like now listening and talking to you and like, I don't like mean comments. And it took me like 30 minutes to even apologize to him. Like I was kind of refusing. And um, it's interesting. I did the same thing to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I was like, I because he's like talking about the green room and it wasn't even that bad. And I'm like, I did encapsulate your whole being from that one moment where you rubbed me the wrong way. But I also, but he kept being like, but I don't even care. And I'm like, well, you clearly care. (laughs) Like, let's, you you know, absolutely. But I apologize for stuff. But yeah, it's hard to remember that, like, you know, people, you know, that we always say like we contain multitudes, which I like want to blow my brains off for saying. (laughs) But like, like I always try to remind people that too, like, you know 
I've made some blunders on the internet. I said something really shitty about tofu that was like misinformed and really dumb, like in hindsight, but like it didn't come out of like a, a horrible, like racist place. I just didn't realize it. And so some, like a few people messaged me and the people who followed me for a long time are like, hey, I don't think you meant this. Um, what you said and then one person who didn't follow me at all who had been like forwarded forwarded like did like didn't know anything about me saw me saying this like one thing and then did like a full like 10 slide takedown of me and their stories and i messaged them and i was like i'm so sorry like but i just was like i think it's really interesting that we do those things but like you you only know this single video of me and so you don't know all the stuff that i did and the place that i come from and my history and the work i've done so it is really interesting how like the internet has allowed us to like, you know, focus on one moment with a person and try and like, not try to, the instinct is to sort of like hang their entire hat on that <laughs> where they're like, you know, they're like a full person, which it sounds like we need to figure out the space in between, which is what the conversation that you had yesterday kind of is, it sounds like. Yeah, right? but the one thing he was like, you jumped on for clout. And I go, that's just not where my head is. He goes, you commented yeah. on a trending topic, not wanting clout. I go, that's not how I view the internet. I'm like, I would have more yeah. followers if I cared about that. You know exactly. what I mean? On Twitter, exactly. like, to me, I'm like, I take quizzes. I kind of fight with people. I'm like, I, it wasn't for clout. I, did I jump in and gang up on you when you were going through something? I did, and, you know, I had to apologize. But yeah. It didn't feel it's, all it's, good. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, it's interesting. It's a it's a wild. I always say but like, it was like I you don't know what I went through. I go, people say horrific things about me constantly. I'm like, and and in, yeah. to my face. <laughs> it's kind of incredible how we all forget how like the human experience is pretty like we're all going through a lot, whether it's like it could be different moments, but like no one is just walking around being like, my life is great. Like you might be going through like a comment about your body. Someone's going through like a comment about racism. You might be like, you know, like all these different things are happening. And so it's just, I don't know. The internet has made it really hard to like empathize with people and understand them. Um, it gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I know, but you're like a positive kind of place in that, but about body stuff, this is my new thing that, um, bothers me and it's happened twice in the past few months where someone will say you're so passionate about body positivity and I go I've never mentioned body positivity once in my life and then they they don't and it's just like because I'm wearing yeah. a crop top you yeah. know what I mean it's like just it's, like, like, like me living brave. yeah it's brave someone said to me <laughs> last summer it's so brave of you to like post all these shirtless photos of yourself and I was like what like and they meant it as a compliment and i was like that's not a compliment you're like looking at my large body thinking that it shouldn't be seen and then complimenting me for showing it bravely like are you fucking kidding yeah but again that person was someone who i've had so much conversation with before so i knew they weren't like an asshole they just didn't understand the implications of what they were saying no and i also believe you're allowed to hate your body like i you know what i mean totally. this idea of like what I'm like, I've never mentioned it. Like, you need to think what you're, like, even saying in your head. Well, today online uh, I saw Kendall Jenner said that, like, fat phobia is the same as people skinny shaming her. And I was like, it's just not. No. It's, you could feel uh, bad, but it's just not the same. Because one is... It's not the same because one is fat and one is skinny, 100%. Well, no, one is desirable and one is not. And the reason, like... 
you're never going to be discriminated against in the same way. Yeah. It's like yeah, a reverse racism yeah. comment. It's like, sure, yeah. but no. <laughs> no, it's interesting because, you know, people like I, you know, I get comments that are like, you should try and eat healthier. Like we want you to be around for longer. Like you eat, you know, eat more vegetable. Like, you know, people are like, we care about you. So like go on a diet. And it's like, like no one's saying that to Kendall Jenner, but they're probably saying like eat to her. I don't know. I I, I couldn't tell you what it's like to be discriminated against as a skinny person because I've never been that person my entire life. I did I did keto twice and lost like so much weight and still wasn't skinny. I looked really like unhealthy, but I still wasn't skinny, which yeah. I was good. I recently lost forty pounds and then gained it back. And that's been kind of an experience, but now I'm that's just kind of the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sort of like, I'm just, I, I'm just kind of like beautiful at every size, I guess, you know? Yeah. But that's yeah. the whole thing about the positivity that bothers me where it's like, you can also just oh. feel neutral or live. Like you and don't have neutrality is huge too. It doesn't that's have to be like, yeah i'm wearing a crop top it's just like i'm living and wearing what i want and like i don't i i'm not positive or negative it's just like why can't we just exist in whatever way like it's just like i'm sick of thinking about it like that's at the end of the day yeah. that's where i'm coming from where i'm like i just wish i didn't have to think about it at all no i i mean that is huge and i have to say you're kind of like you know because i do get told a lot that i'm being body positive versus size positive and I think there's something really interesting now that I'm thinking about it, about just being like body neutral. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, just like existing. Your, your body is a body. You just exist. Um, it's really cool. I need to think. I need to like. I need to like think more about that because I think it's really great, and it actually just kind of like removes the body from the conversation, which would save me a lot of space. As much as I'm like positive, negative, we all go through it. Yes. Well, okay, we're going to do fun. So, like, what is a food trend enemy? Like, what's a food oh, trend no. your antler are like, fuck. Like, radishes, really? Like, what is your... Oh, no, I love trend? radishes. <laughs> what's my food trend? What's my food trend that I'm against? Or yeah. I think is... Oh, my God. Um, there was that, like, pink sauce. Did you see that? Yes. Like, what was that? <laughs> well, that, that was, like, I'm poison. Like... That was weird. Was it poison? Was it? I just saw pink sauce and I was like, unless you're talking about like the Italian cream sauce. Oh my God. I'm so happy you don't know about this. So I, I couldn't even like engage because I was like, it's worse than you can imagine. So it was just me. like a Can't woman wait. on TikTok who created like ran like a pink ranchy sauce, but not refrigerated, not FDA approved, not anything. And people were buying it and getting sick because people were just buying some Pepto-Bismol looking homemade Oh no! Liquid from the internet and eating so she it on was chicken. Making it and selling it. Yeah. And then, oh no, that's not good. No. That's like the daily harvest thing. That was that's crazy. The, yeah, daily okay. harvest. The lentils did explode in people. Yeah, that's really. That was scary. They sent that to me, and luckily I didn't eat it. <laughs> I, why would I? But, well, yeah. and what about? Okay, so do you know Mateo Lane? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I don't know him, but I know who he is. Like, we, I'm sure we're like two gays away from each other at all times. So, yeah. you know, he's very pasta. And what I, you know, he takes yeah. it. That's not Alfred. That's not real culture, Pepe. It needs to be this. Yeah. What's this cream? It's just eggs. Yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, Italians, yeah. it is like, 
I one time as a joke brought to an Italian friend like a can of pasta, like a, a ragu yeah. or like as a joke. Yeah, 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 as a joke. And he truly went to the toilet, dumped it in the toilet and flushed it immediately. And I was like, so, it was a joke. Uh, Why do it? it that is this, like, this drives me a little bit crazy. I have to say that energy. And I don't think Mateo is as hard as no, you're Mateo saying. No, Mateo is, is funny. No, but he funny, is. Um, but I think that like. Go ahead. He's serious. When we're at dinner, if something comes and it's not the traditional or how it's... Well, now we only go to places where they are approved by him, but yeah. he is, like, disgusted. That's so interesting. I mean, I get it, but, like, I... Being someone who interacts with people and not with food and recipes and rice recipes, and within the bounds of what I know, which is, like, American comfort food and Italian-American comfort food, I do not patrol what's, like, right or wrong. I think it's, like, actually causing way more anxiety for people who are just trying to cook and feed themselves than it does, like, create some sort of, like, it's authentic. Like, you know, like, who fucking cares? Like... Did you make it? Did you eat it? Did you like it? Like, Nana's happy. Like, I could care less. And I do try to, like, obviously, when I create a recipe, I do try to, like, embrace the tradition if there, and the history if there is one. But I also think it's interesting, like, do we need a hundred, like, million Putinesca recipes? Or should we, like, try and tweak it a little bit or do something new? Or, like, what can we do to make it interesting? So I think deviating from uh, tradition or adding to it or putting your personal stamp on it is great. I also think we have to remember that not everyone has access to all the ingredients or whatever. So, like, if you are making my meatballs, which call for my homemade marinara, but you want to dump a jar of, like, ragu on top of it and that makes you happy, I will literally never have a problem with that. I love that. Well, do you watch Summer House? What's that? It's, no. um, it's just like a Bravo <laughs> reality show about. Oh, yeah. um, no, like, I'm not like a Bravo reality girl. Oh, they like um, it's people with a house in Montauk and it's like their weekends oh. away all summer and they're like young professionals in New York. Yeah. yeah. But one season um, or did he come to a winter house then summer house? But it's Andrea um, and he's Italian and like they would be making pizzas in like the convection oven around. He'd be like, oh, my God, that's not real pizza. <laughs> it just like made me laugh my so God. hard. I'm like, well, yes. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea needs to remember that, like, he maybe comes from Italy, but he's in America now, right? So, like, <laughs> I will make something, like, I made affogato, and I'll get all these people from Italy being like, that's that affogato, like, and I'm like, dude, like, I'm an Italian-American. We are taking Italian food and making it Italian-American, and that means we're probably making it more insane and ridiculous and fun than, like, your authentic affogato, and, like, chill out like it's going to be okay it's italian you know what i mean the italians are the top in that like you never see greek people pissed at a greek salad with a little different like it really yeah. is an italian like love for There's the pasta like, <laughs> definitely a source of pride but like you know what i love like so much about what i do is like i make recipes that are like specific to my family or like the regionality so like of where i grew up and then I share it, and then someone from Chicago or someone from Ohio or someone from the South will say, like, my grandma made that, but she would, like, add pine nuts, or my grandma made that, or she would add anchovies. So it's like, we're all making the same thing, but what's actually interesting about it is how we're doing it differently, because if we all are doing the same thing, that's like communism. Like, why would you want to make, you'd like, should there really just be one recipe for cacio pepe? Like, no, like, I want to show me the weird way that you do it, you know? Like, I don't know. I just had an arancini ball this week that was cacio pepe inside. Gorgeous. Where did you get it? I think it's called... Arcastradas? No, it's actually in Sunset Park. 
Um, it was, I have, I'm going to find it for you because it was the best pesto pasta I've ever had. Like we, oh, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I've been Wait, staying at my best friend's park. for forever. And I was like, why the fuck? Oh, Leone? Okay. Nostro. Nostro? Yeah. Nostro. Oh, good. I'm just looking up. Okay. So if you're in Sunset Park and you want to get like fucked up Italian subs. Yeah. There's this place called Leone and they, I went there and my boyfriend and I went before we went to the beach and they have like over 160 different sandwiches, and they're all named after like like ones like Joey Fatone, okay. <laughs> and like they're all like forget who he ordered, but they're all just like ridiculous like Italian celebrities. They're so good, and the whole vibe of the place is incredible. Go there. I will. I would love to. Yeah, my friends that we usually. You know, he cooks, but I've been coming and staying with my friends here for years, and it was the first time we got Nostro, and I really, really liked it. It was really I delicious. Love I love Arancini. There's a place in Greenpoint that my friend Paige owns. It's like a cookbook store and cafe called Arcostradas, which is amazing, and they have great Arancini. My Greenpoint spots right now are Bernie's yeah, and um, El Penguino. Those are like... Uh, the two spots I love. That's like a raw like I, seafood tower anchovy. Oh, yeah. Tinned fish I, martini. Oh, that's like my dream. Let's go on a date. Yeah. Um, <laughs> their Caesar dressing is probably amazing. I love well, the Bernie's too. I mean, I go to Bernie's all the time. It's so good. It's so good. I love the vibe. But El Penguino, so my friends, uh, my friend's husband but they're my friends they, he owns it so they had their wedding there in june mm -hmm. and they just had like a tub of caviar and we all just sat at the end just like dipping saltines into the caviar and it was just like this is why my family moved to america like this is that. it it was Wait, can we talk about enemies when it comes to relation to like like bernie's or like restaurants yeah i would love because that i i am having a bit of a meltdown because i'm starting to get to a place for like if I go to a restaurant, people might know who I am and then I might get like treated differently. And that gives me so much anxiety because then I, I immediately become, I label myself an enemy to everyone else in a restaurant because like, I just fucking freaks me out. Oh no, that's like my joy in life is to be a regular and be treated in a that's great not, way. It's restaurant. not about it's not about being a regular because I've been a regular at restaurants my whole life for years and years and years and years and years. So it is a different this vibe is, to you. It's a different vibe where it's like you're um, like we, I went to Colony the other night with my boyfriend and they started sending stuff out to us and we didn't really know why and it didn't dawn on me and then we left and his good friend who's like a waitress there was like, I think, like, someone just, like, stay, or she went to work the next day and was like, oh, yeah, everyone knew it was Grossi Pelosi, so they, like, sent them stuff, and I'm just like, it just, it's amazing. I'll never complain about it, but immediately I'm just like, oh, my God, like, because I, you know, like, I don't want to make anyone else's, like, dining, especially if you get, like, given a table before someone else because they, like, you know what I mean? Am I, maybe I'm just a pussy. The table, no, I think you should enjoy the riches of your labor. And I'm, I'm assuming you're a great tipper. And I feel oh, as yeah. long as you're tipping, well, like last time I went to Bernie's, I did get free mozzarella sticks. Oh, um, yeah. And I loved it. I, I love, like <laughs> Bernie's, Bernie's takes care of me because my friend Oliver, who, when I was a regular at Jack's for Frida in the West Village, like 10 years ago, when I lived there, he was the host there. And we knew each other, like, you know, I'd see him, like, two or three times a week because I'd walk by, and now he's a host at Bernie's, so I, like, walk into Bernie's, and he knows me, and we're, like, buddies. I don't, I'm not sure what the deal with the table there, like, I feel like I'm treated fairly, but, like, whatever, but still, I just am kind of, like, 
I get that I'm like working hard to like be a person in food, but like I just don't want to like jump in front of lines. Yeah, but like, do you expect Beyonce to wait in line? Like, it's just like I don't know. Are you saying I'm Beyonce kind of? Kind of. If that's the way they want to treat you, I just don't. (laughs) I just. I'll take help with that. Yeah, I don't think it's an like. You want to be treated more regular. I, I like regular treatment. I just don't like them thinking that like somehow because I have this like Instagram thing that like I I don't know it just is weird but just something about I mean it's the classic thing like once you're famous celeb like you'll get presents and you could finally actually afford those things but like that's just kind of yeah you're like why do I need presents now I know that's so weird like I do get a lot of free shit in the mail from brands but like they I mean I'm ad space so they're basically sending it to me and paying for ad space which is like you know, I, well, I also feel maybe the restaurants are excited you chose to eat there. Yeah, that's nice. Maybe they're like, guess, oh, my I mean, God. You know, I'm happy for the restaurant to have a million good reasons. I just don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, that fucking asshole. No, you I think I people mean? look at you and go, oh, my God, who is that? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, it's really sweet. I saw I are you a drag race person or no? Like times a million. Oh, yeah. so I saw Heidi in closet at the airport. Oh! And I did say something, and then the people around me were like, "Who is that? What's going on?" You know, like people. And I did oh want to let her cut me in line, but I, I yeah. didn't. And I'm sure she didn't I want to talk to me longer. But um, I just went to go see this show, which you. I don't know if you've seen it or if you're into it's called Titanic, the musical. Okay. I mean, all the people I follow are raving Everyone. about it. Everyone. I finally went to go with my boyfriend and we were sitting like across from Nina West, like literally could like reach my hand out and said hello. And she is just like such an angel. I like such a fan. Nina West is like drag queen with like a heart of gold, like made me so happy. Oh, I love Nina. It is funny though, because I still was like, I don't really want to say hi to you. And people will come up to me and be like, hi. And I'll be like, so happy if they say hi and introduce me. Because like, I got like my following during the pandemic. So I haven't been able to meet people. I haven't been able to. And then I'll always get a message from people be like, I saw you at this restaurant, but I don't want to bother you. But I get that that comes from like a really lovely place. But I'm also like, fucking like, slap me across the face. Like, let's do this. Like, I want to like say hello. It's like being trapped is a problem. But like, if it's a compliment, everyone likes a compliment. If you just go, love you and walk away, you know? I mean, if sometimes people will be looking at me and I'll just be like, come here. Like, let's do this. Like, stop staring. Like, come on. Like, let's go. Like, I'm so down. (laughs) Do you have any celeb followers that you were like happy when you saw that you got followed by them? Yeah, I mean, Chloe Feynman and I, Chloe Feynman and I have been following each other for years. So like, she got really like famous. So like, she's kind of like always been there. But I love, love, love her. Um, I found out that Hannah Einbender from Hacks had been following me for a long time, and she like messaged me last summer. And she's like, "Grossy, like long time fan, first time messenger. Like, can you give me tips for like the Berkshires?" And I was like, "Wait, I literally am watching Hacks right now. This is crazy." But like. Newer followers, Julia Louis Dreyfus follows me, that's, which is like, uh, that's like huge. name a better like. Besides Ina Garten, like Julia Louis Dreyfus is just like so major. She follows me. Um, a lot of like big food people have started following me, which made me really happy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Katie Couric follow. Katie Couric is following a lot of the like food kids out there these days, which is really sweet. And we've DM'd a little bit. 
And um, you all know each other. All the food kids online, you guys all know each other, your friends. Yes. Are you I mean, guys like, competitive? Uh, like, is there one that, like, people don't like? Like, how does it kind of work with everyone? I know for a fact that there are a lot of likes and dislikes between the kids, but I think that at the very least everyone supports each other and wants everyone to succeed it's incredible how much space there is for all of us out there right like if you think about it um and so i've been able to meet a lot of really great people i also before any of this happened to me andy baragani was like my best friend i knew him when he got his job at bon appetit i've known molly Baz's husband for like over 10 years i knew her like way before she worked at Bon Appetit. Um, I've since become really good friends with some of those people. Um, and I've met a lot of the other folks kind of out there and everyone is just like, so nice, you know? Did you see the Brooklyn Beckham um, like car thing? I, I, I mean, I love Brooklyn Beckham. I've seen him. I don't, what's a car thing? So I guess there's like a popular internet show where a man goes up to people in really nice cars and is just like, what do you do for a living? And oh. he was in a Bugatti or Maserati. I don't know, but it was a $1.5 million dollar car. And when of the guy course. asked like, what do you do? He said, I'm a chef. Oh. And so the internet just kind of dragged him for a couple days because he also was quote unquote a photographer and it's just kind of like just say you're a rich kid and it's okay yeah um, I but, mean, I think it's uh, so people just like, dragged him there's a lot of that going around with like the selena gomez thing and then the paris hilton having a show and you know it's like everyone wants to shit on everyone it's like do your thing like i'm sure paris hilton is making something really lovely and great and so is Selena Gomez and everyone. It's like, you know, we're all excited about food. But I get the I get the instinct because it is like funny, but you know. It is funny because the implication is you bought this car with your chef skills. And it's yeah, like, honey. Like, that's not what happened. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, I know. So my, that's my problem with rich people. My friend Robbie Hoffman, former guest of the pod, she said, you know, rich people have everything. The only mm. thing they can't say is that they're self-made. And they can't get over it. They they just can't they handle can't it. it. They want to be self-made, and they cannot just be rich and be like, yeah, I'm rich. I wonder what that's like. I wonder, too. Because I that always, sounds... I'm, um, like, my parents paid for my college. And I'm uh, always like, that's... that's such a huge, like, I'm always like, yeah, but I didn't have student loans. Yeah, I got to move to New York easier. Like, I didn't have to pay off loans. Like, that is such a free big thing. And I get to, I do admit it. And it's not like, and I don't know why people just can't be like, oh, yeah, my life was a little easier. My parents paid my cell phone. Or like, oh, my mom won an Oscar, so I got to do this. Like, I don't get why they have to be self-made so hard. I know. It's interesting. I always talk about, because, like, I think, you know, it's hard to know where people make their money. And I'm always like, the worst part of me is like, some people in my life, I'm like, I need your tax, like I need your tax uh, returns for like the past 10 years. Like I need to figure this out. Like, I just want to know none of my fucking business, but I'm sort of like, there is this sort of instinct to be like, where, how are you doing this? Like you seemingly don't do anything all day. Uh, But I also think people can probably say that about me, but like, I work my ass off, but like, you know, I worked in corporate America for f- over 15 years and was like a VP. And How so it's like, happy were you to leave? Um, it was all very unexpected. 
I definitely am super happy that I left. Um, it was a little bit scary, but I think I would have never known what that potential was if I didn't leave that job. That job also allowed me to do all of this stuff because I was working both jobs for like a year during the pandemic. Like I was like working my job. I had this really amazing team. I did love like having like as a creative director, I had like up to 15 people reporting to me at times and I loved like working with teams. I'm a people person. I love like sipping my iced coffee and like walking to people's desks and like checking in on them or like bringing bagels in the morning for people. And like, I was just like happy, happy corporate, like creative director girl. So I was like, I'll do this the rest of my life. That's fine. But now that I'm on the other side of it and this all was something that I never knew was going to happen. I'm like, Oh fuck yeah. Like this is awesome. You know, but I don't like want to shit on my last job because I loved it, you know? Absolutely. I mean, especially since you were a VP, you obviously love, you can't, I don't know. It seems hard to be like climb if you're not into it or you're a sociopath, but it seems like you'd have to be passionate to be able to lead 15 people. I definitely, I loved it. And I, you know, I think people, I, it was fun because I truly believe that I was like invited to meetings just so I'd be in the room because it was like fun to have me there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah, you loved being was, there. I, I loved being there. And I loved like, I loved walking out of a room with an answer, which is like really hard to do in corporate job, <laughs> like really hard to do. <laughs> um, and I was like, let's all like sit here until we know what we're doing, you know? So, um, yeah, it was good. So was the social aspect, I mean, obviously we all went through this with the pandemic, but like, do you, so you do kind of miss going into the office and having coworkers and friends or? Oh my God. I really, really miss having coworkers and friends. Um, and I just now have, like, the past, like, five months, I've been able to, like, bring, like, I have someone who comes and helps me two days a week. Um, I have some people who help me with, like, a couple specific areas of what I'm doing. So I have some interaction, but, like, try developing recipes and not having anyone to taste them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's psycho. And, like, my boyfriend is like, that tastes good. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, you also are in love with me. So, like, that's <laughs> not biased. You know what I mean? Does he cook? So... Yeah, he does. We grew up with, like, very similar moms, and actually, like, I'm completely in love with his mother. Um, I think I'm actually, like, her weird, like, soul twin. Um, and she, he cooks, and he is the cutest, and he's great, a great help in the kitchen, so... Yeah. Now, as a leader in an office, like, um, I'm thinking of one of my friends at the moment <laughs> that is dealing with a psychopath, but, like, how do you deal with a psycho or, like, how do you deal with bad uh, employees? Like, how do you deal hard. with just, like, lunatics who lie or go get blowouts in the middle of the day? Like, oh, I have an injury, <laughs> sending fake excuse. Like, how do you deal with psychos? I love, I love that you said get blowouts in the middle of the day because I used to, there was a couple times I would go and get a blowjob in the middle of the day. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of the same thing. But that's hot. Um, it's really hot. Um, especially because I was right in Hell's Kitchen. So I'd be like, I'm, I have a meeting. And I, I like an appointment. And I would go like get whatever. Um, so I, you know, every company has their like HR department, which like bless everyone who works in HR. But I always kind of, sometimes they can be a bit challenging um, because it's all about process. Um, which I guess when you're on the side of being like removed, you like the process is due, right? Because you can't just be like, bye. But it's really hard to have someone who culturally like isn't a fit on your team. Um, and I mean like culturally like energy and attitude and kind of like being a fun contributor. And I've had some, some dark clouds report to me before 
And you just kind of have to go through the motions until eventually you're able to remove them based on the way that the company asks you to. So it's not much fun. evidence. Yeah, you need like years of evidence and emails like, and notes. It is. And I think like I would always try to sort of like encourage the person to kind of like maybe find their own way out um, or help them. But that's also really hard, too. It's so case by case. Yeah. And did you did you do the hiring or no? Um, for one of them, yes. And for one of them, no. Okay. I think. I've been pretty lucky, too, because like I've had people follow me from job to job, which wow. like is really great and i think if, if i were to you know be immodest for a moment is like a good testament to kind of like how fun it is to work for me um well yeah because i i'm thinking back on like you know the pandemic was uh really bad and you're like it is weird that like it was a good time for me but it was like bringing joy and positivity it's not like you invested in masks or like zoom before you knew you know what i mean like yeah, there's yeah. people who made like weird evil money and that's like um people yeah. that did collections or like yeah uh, like for I'm, the I'm, bank I'm, but like uh like that sucks but like to flourish in positivity is kind of nice it's been really nice. Like I've, I've just gotten endless, endless messages of people saying, like, thank you for helping me get through this, which is, like, really, who knew that my, like, child, my, like, very Italian-American childhood of, like, staying at home, like, going to the grocery store, cooking, 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 and, like, being very comfortable in my home would, like, actually be the thing that people needed during the, like, lockdown, right, where it's, like, are you comfortable in your own home? So many people, like, did not set up their houses or their apartments to be, like, a place they wanted to stay in, right? Which I don't like to leave the house. Like, I'm so comfortable and cozy in my home, and I also know how to stock a pantry. I know how to, like, do the basics. So it really was a great time for me to share. And because I worked in marketing, design, communication, I knew how to make things fun and also teachable um, pretty quickly. So it just, like, it was a weird confluence of everything so cool you know it is cool this is obviously oh my god my friend's cat is usually so evil to me but she looks so cute right now okay everyone loves the cat shout out <laughs> actually cats are an enemy of mine if i were to say that she hisses at me that's why she's sleeping in the sun right now and it's just like taking my breath away so cute but usually she does hiss you don't like cats um yeah i think i can say say that pretty safely i i don't get like um and, you know, this isn't to say that, like, you can't have a cat. That's fine. I personally, cats, just, we don't, like, um, you know, like, I don't know. It's like when you eat something and you're like, that's not for me. I don't love that. That's how I feel What is cats. that for you? Truffles, 100%. Like, don't, that, that flavor for me is like, mm -mm, no. Um, alcohol. Like drinks, cocktails? No, I don't. I actually don't drink at all, really. Um, but yeah, like I just get that, like, like who, like how do you drink this? So when I look at a cat, there isn't a single part of a cat that gives me the like, the like feelings that most people I think have towards cats. I don't know why. There's I sort of like my brain just goes to like evil, which is unfair with a cat. Like I don't, you know, I get that. But it's so funny about the truffle. I just, I think I'm just trash. I just like, like, I think it's, I'm like a mark. Like, if it's expensive, I'm going to like it. 
I think that's my. Oh, interesting. <laughs> where I'm interesting. like, ooh, a truffle pasta. Like, I want, you know what I mean? Like, I think. Yeah, it's like, I wonder how many people are like choking down truffles because they think they have to. Yeah. I think okay, so. Like, oh, my palate isn't elevated enough to appreciate this. But That's how I felt with quail eggs, because in the movie Prime, Uma Thurman like has uh, this like quail oh egg. Prime. Oh, I can't believe you just thought of Prime. One of Every time romantic. I walk by, what used to be the sushi restaurant in Prime is now like a Mexican taco place on Bleecker, and I think about it all the time. Wait, Mermaid Inn? No. No, the it's um what's the what's the Mexican like I want to say chain but it's really great the um oh Tacomi Tacomi on Bleecker used to be the sushi restaurant wow. that they filmed Prime and Prime is so good and that guy who's a Prime is so hot and that was such a fucking good movie Meryl Streep's wig was so good and also when she makes the um the little like hat for the penis I I couldn't even handle. <laughs> But the quail eggs, like them eating the quail eggs. So for years I was like, okay, I'm going to try this quail egg. And it just like never hit the spot, but I just was yeah. so inspired. I, my friend Andy Baragani, I, I think you know who he is probably, but he just did a cookbook and there's a really beautiful photo of a giant like quail egg yolk. I think it's a quail egg yolk. It's so pretty. But yeah, I don't really, it's not really like my dream to eat that. I don't like olives, and I used to really oh. not like mushrooms, but they've grown on me through the years. But I'm like more particular about it. But those yeah. were my two. I'm getting, I'm getting closer to mushrooms for sure. I like them now, but yeah, mushrooms were tough for me for a while. Um, yeah, I love olives though, but I get that. I think what's nice is as we get older, our palates. Can like well, that's them. what I'm hoping for because I used to not really be able to do spice and I've really trained myself and like really focused on being able to like extend my palate in that way. Wait, question. Why Why a podcast about enemies? Well, so I had a lot of, con I've had a lot of conflict. Like I'm a person that had to realize I'm the problem a lot, but I get into fights. I get into a lot of fights and then I've learned how to work through stuff, communicate better. And I just thought it'd be interesting to have people I don't get along with on the podcast and us discuss our issues, but guess what? They don't want to come on. So like, <laughs> so it started as this pitch of like, okay, people yeah. that I don't get along with and me, and we'll talk everything out. And then everyone's like, I, I don't, like you like i don't want to yeah. do this i don't want to do that and so, oh, it had to so you had enough you had enough people on a list that you would have your enemies with that you would have on the podcast yeah or i would love to have like two people that don't get along that only happened once and then like oh. they could talk about it but now i've had like uh sisters that are really close and i've had to expand and kind of like grow oh. the podcast into different things and so it's I kind of that. like an ever-changing thing because like the original concept didn't really work out Okay, I think that's great. I mean, all I, all I want to do on podcasts is just hear two people talk that are, like, interesting. So like, Well, and then sometimes I, mean? I go over the top and write all the questions and really get, like, cerebral. And then I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have uh, – we'll, we'll just see where this goes. And I've, like, enjoyed it. What if this. you shifted it to, like, you bring someone on who you're, like, neutral about, and by the end of the podcast, the goal is to make them your enemy? Well, and the <laughs> one time I had an actual person I fought with – the oh. listeners were like, we hated that, and we hated him. 
please don't you do that again. Them on the podcast, we like had a lot of drama in the past, and he came on, and he just is a dick. Like he is. Oh, he's uh, he it. never thinks he's wrong. He's like a oh, rich, yeah. like whatever. We work through our issues, and it's fine. But so many uh-huh. listeners were like, "We hate him." <laughs> Get him away from us. Interesting. I think it's a really interesting concept because it's like, yeah, I had to really like. I've just been having to apologize a lot lately and like what I attribute and what I've had to learn is like I grew up in a home where you yell and then you do silent treatment and then you ignore anything ever happened and you keep it moving and Uh so I never had really the tools to honestly communicate we're also defensive like if you ask my dad if my mom asked my dad like pick that up why do you know everything is yeah yeah so are you like so I have you gone Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Have you gone through therapy to, like, yes. figure out all of that? So okay. that's all of it. So it's like, you know, after a few friendships or a few things where I explode, it's like, oh, I should be able to, like, communicate in the moment when yes, I have a problem. Exactly. I need to, because then it's resentment. And then every little yeah. thing someone does and then you nitpick and then it's like what my friend said once is like you make the greatest hits of everyone's worst moments and you focus on that. And yeah. I also had high expectations for friends. And yeah. I, I wasn't able to yeah. accept them where they came from. And so yeah. I just got really into like relationships and communications and all that stuff. It's really interesting. I mean, I think like it's really hard to meet people where they're at and like I think something I always tell people is like I feel like I have a really good way I can be friends with a lot of people because I quickly get an understanding of what they're capable of giving to the friendship and I don't expect more you know so it's like because a lot of times being disappointed doesn't feel good and then I also think like part of what I don't like about where culture is right now is like when you apologize like it's seen as a bad thing or it's like not enough and people just like like the apology has lost like weight or value which is kind of weird to me a little bit i don't know it's like we what we're not allowed to fuck up like we're all perfect like how like how weird and boring is that like you well, know yeah I mean? and then what happens when people do don't think grow? it's authentic i feel like one-on-one it's seen as more authentic but yeah like public apologies people do not see as real at all even if you are but like personally i also i work closely with certain people now and like i'm a like professional settings when i like kind of flip out a little i'm able to i have to apologize you we're allowed to fuck up and apologize i don't know i do you think in personal interactions the apology has gone out the window or just the public i think in both wow yeah, but it's all just like we're all coming from like such my dad places. said sorry to me for the first time last year. Wow, and he's in his eighties. Really? Yeah, like that's, that's just not been... our. Co- we're Russian, like uh, it's kind of different. But it's growth. It's still kind of growth, yes, right? Absolutely, but Interesting. like, and that's what we all. That's yeah, we're all coming from how we were raised. So it's like, but I also my therapist one. I had a few psychos in my life, and she said. If they're using you, you're using them for something because you keep being drawn to this personality. Yeah. So you have to find yeah. what you're gaining from these people and find it within yourself so you're not, like, attaching yeah. yourself to psychos. Absolutely. That's how I finally have a boyfriend because I'm, like, I have figured out why I was dating guys who just, like, were doing the same thing to me over and over again. And I realized why what I didn't, why I needed that and then how to not need it or, you know. It's, how did you guys it's, meet? 
me and my boyfriend, we met March of 2021 on on Hinge. Wow. Which a lot of people are meeting on Hinge. We met on Hinge. We like we're like, oh, the pandemic's over because like everyone's getting vaccinated. So we were like half vaccinated, both of us. We went on two FaceTime dates, two dates in the park where we like didn't touch. Fifth date, I finally kissed him. It was the cutest thing ever. And we're kind of like, yeah, it's been really great. And do you feel like because you guys, you said, had similar upbringings, was that just in the kitchen or overall? Like, do you think that helped? You guys? Um, I think I think kitchen and, like, family values. But, like, we didn't have, like, the same upbringings. You know, I think we just kind of, like, like our, fa- our, our parents, our mothers are very, like, warm and very caring. And we're both, like, mama's boys, which is huge. Um but yeah, he definitely, like his parents are still together and that's a whole other thing. My parents separated when I was like graduated from college. So there's a lot, and you know, he's Jewish, I'm Italian, which is like similar and also different. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about my own journey at the moment of all the argument. It's just like, I didn't want any more drama. Like some things, I, I also saw people as like friends or enemies and my friend had to be like, some people are just coworkers or yeah. acquaintances. And I thought like, I never wanted to be fake. That was like a big thing for me. Yeah, I never want yeah. to be fake. I want to be loyal to my friends. I was like truly a real housewife where it's like, if you fuck with yeah. my friend, I'll hate you forever. And it's like, what? Wait, That's the immature. To, you need to be people neutral. Yeah. Along with body neutral. You don't have to be people positive or people negative. You could be people neutral. Yeah. And so I've just been on this journey and I thought I would bring people along. But yeah, it's I kind of. But a lot of people don't love conflict. And I don't well, love it. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, no, I mean, those are the people that you need to be talking to, right? Because it's yeah. like, it's not like, it's so interesting to hear how people deal with it. Um, yeah. Wild. Yeah. And with comedy, like, I am around a bunch of douchebags all the time. Like, they might, my big pet peeve is when people are like, freedom of speech, or like, comics should say whatever. I go, no, but I know these guys. They're dicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not about yeah. their material. I know them, and I know that they cheat on their girlfriends, and I hate them. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Freedom, it is. Of, <laughs> freedom of speech is another one that it's like, what does that even mean anymore? Because, like, people are getting thrown off of Twitter or Instagram, and I would be like, freedom of speech. And it's like, that's not where freedom of speech exists on like social networks. We're so spoiled here they don't get it and I've mentioned this a lot and she's been on the podcast but I recently worked with an Indian comic Um, her name's Aditi and she's incredible and we were in Finland Uh, but like the government took her passport away for a year and a half because of a joke she told. She was facing three years in prison. Like if you talk shit about the president in India you will go to jail. Really? Yeah like people here do not like even i was talking to the some of the comics yesterday they're like netflix censorship i go it's not censorship it's a business deal they're giving yeah. you money and they don't want to deal with your bullshit and if you don't want yeah. to follow their rules put out a special somewhere else and give their money back it's like else. it's not yeah. censorship i wasn't exactly. in the mood because i just had to like do that whole apology thing so i was like whatever yeah it's censorship but like i think we're just so spoiled that people don't understand how like we can say whatever we actually want and not go to jail yeah. And <laughs> there was this, that it's that, you know, I think people forget that, like, you're allowed to think that someone's an asshole and you're allowed to not like someone. Yes. They're not all doing everything they want to do to, like, please you. And then, likewise, we're allowed to, like, make assumptions based on someone's actions, right? So if, like, you want to go out there and be an asshole, then, like, I'm going to think you're an asshole and then we're not going to be friends. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
you're allowed to say whatever you want, but you also are allowed to face the consequences of people being pissed at you. And that's what you put, you know, it's like, it's a conversation. Well, yeah. And it's also an easy excuse to, instead of saying, oh, I'm not funny. That joke wasn't good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead, you can say, oh, God, they're so sensitive. And it's yeah. like a cop out to not become a better comedian, honestly. Are you, what's your background again? Oh, you said you're Russian. So we're Russian Jews born in, like, I was born in Ukraine, but it was like the former oh, Soviet wow. Union. So I actually right. never questioned my identity, and now I, like, don't know. But we're Russian-speaking, yeah. like, Ukrainian Jews. And from Chicago, outside of Chicago. Yeah, like a Jewish suburb. And we came, like, on religious asylum in the early 90s. Wow. Like with all the, I don't know if you remember, yeah, like a bunch of Russian Jews came during that time. You're just so positive. Everything you were me? saying. Yeah, like what What makes you fucking, err? You know what makes me a little like pissed off is, and I, and I say this knowing that I'm choosing to live in like Brooklyn, right? In a city that's like densely populated, but like people who like, I have a park across from me and they like play music and like blast it to the point where like, no matter how shut my windows are, I will always hear their fucking music playing. That drives me crazy. I'm like full on anything that like Italian Nana, Nana or like grandpa would get pissed off about street parking. Like some of my neighbors like take up like somehow four spaces with their like car. And I'm like, guys, like we're all in this together. Like let's pack it in, you know? Um, like all the like dumb neighborhood stuff, it's like clearly I need to get the fuck out of my house and like stop staring out the window. All that shit like drives me well, crazy. Well, what drives me crazy about LA is they have like on street parking, they have it lined up and painted, and there's gaps in between cars that you can't park in. And it's like, let me decide if I can squeeze into a spot or not. Yeah, it, like a bother. I know. Me. I know parking is hard, and I, uh, and watching people park and leave so much space and so like it's just like i'm like come on like it's like 18 inches and that's it like that's all the line on that like yeah, my dad hates me. my dad or, like pulling up to like a, a large chunk of space and like not pulling up to like the first car or, like in front of the last car but just like parking in the middle and then what i'll figure out. it's like ah that and like music and also just like noise anywhere like i just i don't know why i love silence so much so my gripes are very much um you know it's a lot of just like human behavior stuff which you can't control people so you just kind of have to suck it up and deal with it you know absolutely um no this thank was you so, fun. so much thanks for taking the chance on coming on a thing that you didn't even <laughs> really know what was gonna happen because you, well, yeah, you were nervous i was gonna like I, confront you no i was like have we met did i piss <laughs> you off um no, it's also funny because, like you said, I'm, like, positive. So I'm usually, like, you know, I don't have a ton of gripes right now. But I also think because I probably do a lot of just, like, when someone pisses me off, I just, like, say it. You know, like, what you said, you're, like, trying to, like, you know. And I think I was just, like, let's do this. I was just up talking, and I, everyone always wants to talk about food. And I'm, like, this didn't feel like we were really talking about, like, my latest recipe, you know. No, but so. I, I also think a part of your positive, you have been able to, like, do things that you enjoy. Yeah. I'm trying to even with your job oh. like of like oh i liked visit you know it seems like you enjoy the it's things been, i'm very i'm very lucky and i'm very sort of like yeah i've been able to pursue multiple interests in life professionally which is cool so and in love yeah hopefully we can and eat a love. seafood tower together one day please oh my god at el penguino yes. or whatever <laughs> um Thank if you want to come share share my Bernie's privilege with me and help me deal with it, you can totally come with me. Yeah, it feels good. You should, you should accept it. Accept the love. 
I'm trying. I'm trying. Get those All mozzarella right. sticks. Oh, they're so good. And I, yeah, and I, yeah, all the dinner part. It's so cool. And you have so many friends, obviously, since you're constantly dinner partying. Yeah, it's really fun. I love my little, my little group of people. And now you're part of it. So let's Magic. go, girls. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Uh, that was a little mermaid how good was that was that fun do you love him he's popular i'm sure you're already following him if not go follow him um follow me see me on the internet email me your problems we'll get to them soon i'm just talking to people that <sighs> they, they give bad advice i don't trust them no it's just it's a vibe you know everything goes off a vibe here um but thanks so much oh my god oh my god so my friend i'm overstaying my w- welcome at my friend's house and their cat usually hates me but she's grown to love me and there she is hi hi i'm gonna go pet this cat is a HeadGum Podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram, at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.